Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker, All the Games. This is episode 8. We're coming at you from the northeast coast of the United States, May 2022. I'm your host, Sean, online as Atomic Squeeze, Nuke, Hops, or Homebrew, depending on where you play. We have a fun and informative show for you today where we'll be focusing on Raz. I do have to pause here as I made a boo-boo at the end of the last episode, number seven. There, I said we would be going over Big O next. Of course, Big O was discussed in episode three, and so today's podcast, Raz, is the topic of discussion. We'll find out what I'm drinking for this episode, then we'll get to Raz, and finally end with the news that's been dominating the poker landscape. Along the way, you'll also hear about my recent play since the last episode. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy shooting the shit about all things poker and beer. As you know, since poker is a social sport, as I say, and I enjoy beer, this episode, I'll be cracking open another one. The warm weather returned here for a short period in the northeast coast of the U.S., and it's expected to make, it's getting cooler again now, but it's expected to make a changeover around May 10th, so we're close. And in honor, I'll be cracking open a Pilsner for this episode. This one is a little special. It's from a brewery that I work at uh, and help brew at part-time. I'm pouring this one from a 16-ounce can into a Spiegelow Pilsner glass. And this is the classic tall Spiegelow Pilsner glass. Let's have a smell. Ah, the expected aroma of, yes, beer. Pilsners generally have an aroma that many of us associate with a beer smell. This one actually deviates a little bit from that with a slight hop aroma from the noble Czech Saz hops. Let's have a look. This Allegheny Creek Golden Godson Pilsner has a nice yellow, well, golden color. Fairly clear coming out of the can, as a Pilsner should be. I'm trying to decide. Yes, it is. It is clear. Sometimes you pour a beer in a glass, right? And the the chill from the beer um, actually causes a little fog on the glass, and uh, a beer might not look as clear as it is. And then you uh, you wipe the side of the glass and realize, yes, um, that was just kind of the temperature change uh, going into the glass. So yes, this one is is nice and clear coming out of this can uh, into the uh, Pilsner tall uh, Pilsner glass. Now the best part. Let's have a taste. Oh, nice. This has a a, a light body, uh, good carbonation. Uh, the flavor coming in uh, following the aroma with a, yes, beery goodness. 
a slight distinctive herbal character from the Saz hops and finishes with a, a light bready sweetness uh, coming from the malt. The Allegheny Creek Golden Godson is coming in at 5.5% alcohol by volume, so let's get to talking some poker. Remember that our focus here is non-Hold'em poker, specifically for anyone interested in trying their hands at mixed games, whether it be low stakes, high stakes, medium stakes, cash game, live, online, etc., etc., any variation of mixed games, more, more geared toward lower stakes, people who uh, aren't comfortable or familiar with playing these games but uh, it could be used as a refresher if you're uh, used to playing these games or you just like some of the stories. You like hearing about the beer or some of the other stories. Anyway, remember, our focus here is non-hold'em poker for those looking to branch into other variations of poker. And whether you're a dealer, player, or a card room manager, um, you should be able to gain something from this uh, podcast. Our goal is to bring you the rules, the deal, and easy-to-remember basic strategy tips to get you started in the mixed poker game arena. Today's episode will be covering a stud variation, specifically Raz, also known as Stud Low. So let's get started. Why Raz? Well, for starters, we discussed Stud in Episode 4 and Stud 8 or Better in Episode 6, and this is a variation on those games. Now, unfortunately, I have not seen Raz played on the East Coast, but I have seen uh, an $8, $16 limit Rose game, which is a four-game mix, right, R-O-S-E, containing Raz, which is the R in Rose. And it's scheduled as running on Saturdays starting at noon at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Now, it's on the schedule. Not sure if it actually runs, so I'm going to have to take a trip up there to make a a point to check it out, and I'll report back uh, once I get time to do that. All right, let's get to the general play and rules of Raz. So this is a stud game with fixed limit betting. The deal, action, and general play of the game, although not the strategy, is almost the same as in stud, with the exception, and this is a huge exception, that the low hand wins the entire pot. The only other exception is that the bring-in is the player with the highest door card. And then when play continues on 4th Street, the player with the lowest ranked hand starts the betting round. In the end, each player will be dealt 7 cards, and the exact opposite of the normal ranking of poker hands is utilized, with the pot going to the player with the lowest 5-card hand. So in Raz, Ace, Deuce, 3, 4, 5 is the best hand, also known as the nuts in Raz. All right, let's get to the specifics of how to deal and play Raz or 7-card stud low, which you never hear. It's also known as that just for those to try to help uh, help them understand what the game is, but uh, you'll, you'll hear it called Raz uh, pretty much everywhere you go. So the specifics of deal and play. An ante is used for any player at the table who is dealt into a hand. After the ante is posted, three cards are dealt to each player, two face down and one face up. The player with the highest up card, also known as the door card, ranked by suit from highest to lowest in order of spades, hearts, diamonds, and clubs if duplicate ranks are showing. 
So the player with the highest up card pays the bring-in. Play continues clockwise around the table with subsequent players either folding, matching the bring-in, or raising to a larger amount known as completing. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, a card is burned, and another card known as Fourth Street is dealt face up to each player still in the hand. Another round of betting takes place, beginning with the player with the lowest hand showing and continuing clockwise around the table. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, another card is burned, and a fifth card, yes, known as Fifth Street, is dealt face up to each player still in the hand. Another round of betting takes place, beginning with the player with the lowest hand showing and continuing clockwise around the table. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, another card is burned, and a sixth card, known as, you guessed it, Sixth Street, is dealt face up to each player still in the hand. Another round of betting takes place, beginning with the player with the lowest hand showing and continuing clockwise around the table. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, another final card is burned, and a final seventh card, known as Seventh Street, is dealt, this time face down to each player still in the hand. Another round of betting, which can include checking, calling, or raising, depending on prior action, takes place, beginning with the player with the lowest hand showing and continuing clockwise around the table. So remember, just like in stud or stud eight as well, that the person with the lowest hand showing on sixth street, sixth street is also the same person who will start action on seventh street, unless they happen to fold for some reason before seventh street. It will be the same uh, player at the table because the seventh card is dealt face down. So the face up cards, the hands stay the same from sixth and 7th Street. So quite simply, action on 6th Street and action on 7th Street start with the same player unless that player happens to fold. Finally, there's a showdown where a winner is determined with the lowest hand being made from five of the seven cards in each of the remaining player's hand. All right, so that's the specifics of deal and play. Let's go over a few beginner's tips for Raz to get you started. Just remember, if you forget what Raz is, it's also known as stud low. So seven card stud low. So what you wanna do, wait, somewhat obviously, play hands with low cards working together. An ace is key as far as having a great card in your hand and covers the low end. So on the other side, what's the highest end you wanna start with? Obviously, you wanna start with an ace because that's, that's key as in a lot of poker games. But what's the high end? How do you want to start? So a good basic tip is to play like you're only playing the eight or better part of stud eight. So if you heard our stud eight or better episode, this is play Raz like you're playing just the, the eight or better part of that and not the high stud part. So to follow up on that, do not or use caution if you're entering a pot with a three-card starting hand containing any card higher than an eight. As the hand progresses, draw to a nine or lower. Okay, so never 
draw to anything higher than a nine high, at least when you're getting started. So to, to bring this together, don't begin a hand with anything higher than an eight with respect to your first three cards that you're dealt. As the other streets are dealt, if you can't continue drawing to what would end up as a nine high, discard your hand. Now, as you play more and improve, you'll get a feel for the game and the players, and you'll know when you can stay in the hand with worse draws. But again, we're here to teach everyone to be comfortable at a Raz table and in all the mixed game arenas. So these are some basic rules to get you started in a game of Raz. Now, I can't mention Raz without giving props to poker announcer Norman Chad and his never-ending pursuit of pushing Raz to the front of everyone's mind with his famous saying, Raz Rush, when he's commentating. <laughs> so shout out, shout out to, to Norman Chad for uh, pushing the game of Raz. All right, let's talk about my recent play since episode 7. I'm going to do this part a little bit differently this week, and we'll see hopefully weeks going forward if I haven't experienced playing games. So I am going to briefly talk about my play since the last episode, but I'm also going to mention uh, when I've played Raz, even though that's been um, a bit further in the past. So first, my recent play since episode 7. I got to play a couple of times since the last episode, Again, since there aren't many different games available within at least a couple or several hours of driving time, my sessions, uh, once again, have been no limit hold'em. I mentioned in episode 7 that I was on a good run, having won three of my last three sessions, and going back even further, having won seven of my last ten sessions. So I've been on a good run, right? So, well, anyway, things have changed since the last episode. I only made it out for two sessions, winning one and losing one, so st still not terrible, but, you know, right, we all know the losses hurt more than the wins. And unfortunately, the loss was for an entire buy-in, um, at which point I stopped playing, so I didn't continue. Now, I didn't necessarily stop simply because I was losing and I lost a buy-in. There have been times in the past where I'd burned through a $300 or, or larger buy-in quickly and immediately reach into my pocket for another buy-in. And more often times than not, I'd more than make up for that first lost buy-in and end up ahead overall, sometimes up considerably. However, this re recent time was not one of those. I was, I was simply not playing well. In fact, I should have aborted before I even sat down. When I didn't, when I failed to do that, I was feeling like I should have aborted after having only lost a fraction of a buy-in as things just weren't going well for me. Now, if you're feeling this way, it's probably not going to be a good session. And it wasn't, but alas, I played on. I mentioned I had been putting quite a bit of time in studying, and what really bothered me about losing this session was I knew exactly what to do in almost each of the situations, but I simply could not execute. This is a good realization for myself and to pass along to each of you. Just because we or anyone knows what to do or what should be done in a situation doesn't mean that that is actually going to happen and you're going to execute properly. Keep this in mind for poker or any life situation you may be in, realizing this for yourself and also when you're sitting across from opponents at a poker table. While you may sit down with opponents and they may seem generally better than you at times, for those who can admit that, right? If they're in a funk or you put them in a funk, 
by using some bantering at the tables to get them off their game, or if they're tired, they may not execute appropriately, and you can take advantage of those situations. Think Phil Helmuth when he attempts to berate players at the table and try to get them off their game. Okay, I want to briefly mention some Raz that I've played in the past since uh, this is a Raz episode. So I've never simply played just a Raz cash game or uh, or even just a, a Raz tournament, uh, live or online. I've solely played Raz in Horse, um, the five-game mix Horse, where the R stands for Raz, um, and the others just just for information for now. Uh, H Hold'em, O Omaha Eight or Better, R as we've said for Raz, S for Stud, and the E for Stud Eight or Better. So I played in a horse. A uh, tor- couple of horse tournaments in Las Vegas at the uh, 2021 WSOP. Uh, as you know, as you hear me mention over and over again on this podcast, there are no Raz games in the northeast of the U.S., with the exception of a Rose game, uh, a four game, the four game Rose mix where the R is for Raz that I mentioned that possibly runs in Connecticut. I mentioned that uh, in the beginning of the podcast and. Uh, Got to get up there to see if that game really runs uh, and, and what it's like, especially it's at $8, $16 limit, so it's it, it's not cutthroat like uh, like a lot of the mixed games where uh, most of us just, just can't even afford to try to get in and, and play a few hands and get comfortable. So at the 2021 WSOP, I played in this horse, a couple of horse events, and while I really enjoy Raz, uh, it just just wasn't going well for me. At least I, I enjoy the thought of Raz. Let's put it that way. Uh, when I when I study it and when I watch it on uh, you know on streams or on Poker Go, etc. But uh, at the 2021 WSOP, I got dealt two pair quite a few times during the Raz portion of the horse five game mix. Now keep in mind, you can still win a hand by double pairing in Raz. Of course, it may not be easy depending on when in the hand you double pair with respect to the bet sizes and your chip stack. If it's early in the hand, you may simply muck, realizing it's unwise to continue throwing money in the pot, depending on what you're drawing to. Also, because I have never actually played Raz live before that horse event there, I wasn't terribly aware of all this, so probably dumped my hand more times than I actually should have when I double paired. So, learn from me. I'm passing this along to all of you so you can learn from my mistakes and improve faster. Finally, let's talk about some exciting and, well, the controversial news in the poker world. There have been a number of cheating scandals that have gained a lot of attention as of late. And if you're unfamiliar with these, uh, after you hear me talk a little bit about them, check out Twitter YouTube and uh, some of the recent uh, poker podcasts here sort of at the end of April, uh, early May uh, 2022, and uh, you can get yourself caught up. But uh, I'm going to talk about them here uh, and my thoughts on what's been going on. So mostly these uh, cheating allegations have involved a high stakes, both high stakes poker players, Ali Msirovich and Bryn Kenny. Funny how in today's world things can move, we can move on from things so quickly. So the the allegations against Ali Msirovich were dropped pretty quickly, and for one reason or another, the Bryn Kenny allegations uh, sort of took off like wildfire. So 
if you listen to, or, and if you don't, I, I recommend you do, um, listen to Poker News. There was a Poker News podcast um, where Sarah, Sarah Herring got to interview Bryn Kenny. So, you know, there was, again, <laughs> the social media can be brutal. There were a lot of negative uh, comments and remarks coming from uh, post her interview on Poker News, post Sarah's uh, interview with Bryn on Poker News. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and, and, and what I think, what I thought about the interview and uh, about Bryn and his responses in general. So first of all, I'm going to say I think that Sarah did a good job on the interview. I think, you know, even though people were very critical of the way she conducted the interview, people want, want wanted her to be harder on Bryn. But I mean, come on, Congress, you know, the United States Congress can't even get people to answer questions. Think Mark Zuckerberg facing Congress over the Facebook data sharing scandal. And more recently, Marjorie Taylor Greene's non-responses regarding her role in the January 6, 2021 events. So we want to be hard on, you know, somebody interviewing a poker player. Um, you know, how about Congress not even be able, being able to, uh, to push people to get answers, right? Sometimes you just simply can't force someone to give an answer. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here as to why that's not even a good idea at all times and why I think the interview that was done here on Poker News with Bryn Kenny is actually more telling than an interviewee pushing and trying to get an answer. So while most folks seem to want an interrogation because it creates controversy, controversy and nothing creates clicks like controversy, an interrogation-style interview does not get you what the Poker News podcast, what the Poker News interview um, with Bryn Kenny brought us. A lot of times, if someone is pushed pushed too hard or too far, the they'll they'll simply answer no to a question like ghosting, which was one of the questions that was asked, um, and and they'll just simply answer no, whether or not that's the truth, right? Just think think if this person was was talking to a lawyer, right? What would your lawyer say? No, just say no, right? It's like when you get into a car accident, you know, don't admit fault, you know, whatever happens, uh, right right away. Right, so you want to push somebody too far and too hard, which is what the community wanted. You know what? What, what happens then? Uh, Bryn just says no, right? I mean, come on. Of course, everybody wants him to hear him say yes, but uh, that's not likely what would have happened. Instead, we got to hear Bryn Kenny in several long-winded responses. Having that much information and hearing a person talk for lengthy periods, lengthy periods can provide insight into a situation, and in my opinion, provides a pile of information to get, give each of us the chance to decide when he was being truthful and when he was twisting the truth around, possibly. Come on, we're poker players, right? If you're listening to this, a lot of us are poker players. I expected this community to be able to read situations like this better when presented with the additional information that was brought on this pot, uh, on the uh, Bryn Kenny interview. However, on a slightly sarcastic note, I am not disappointed to find out that most of the poker community is unable to read a situation very well and only wants a straight answer, whether it be right or wrong. <laughs> should should help us play better, right? Should help some of us have an advantage playing against uh, those particular opponents. So briefly, let's go back to Ali Msirovich's situation. 
It seems to me that the Ali cheating allegations are more important than some of these accusations against Bryn Kenny. In my opinion, staying on point, the community needs to work together to put together some, some sort of a book of names. There's been a blacklist sort of book talk going around, but a, a book of names of those who, you know, have been caught, admitted to, or otherwise broke the rules and got banned from a poker location, whether it be online or, or brick and mortar. Now, you know, the names in the book don't have to mean that you aren't allowed to play anywhere, but simply serve as a guide for upstanding poker tournaments, online and live poker rooms to consult and make a decision if, based on maybe the reason for the, the person's name being in the book, who should or would preclude the organization from permitting the person to play in their establishment or otherwise be associated in the form of an ambassadorship or sponsorship. So that's kind of my, my take on, on, on the situations. Uh, there's a lot more that I could discuss. I'd be happy to hear from the community with comments. Um, if you subscribe uh, on, on Substack, you're, you're permitted to leave comments there. Or um, on my Twitter feed, I would be happy to, uh, to address uh, this in more detail. There's a lot more in my mind, but uh, you know that's what I have to say here. So uh, go, if you don't know about these cheating allegations against Ali or Bryn, uh, check it out and uh, come back and listen to maybe what I said again and uh, form an opinion and let's uh, let's get a discussion started. So finally, if you want to learn more about Raz or any of the mixed games, head over to Amazon for my book, Poker, All the Games, a comprehensive introductory guide to mixed games. Not only are the rules there that are discussed on this podcast, but there's some very interesting reading in the form of some poker history and why playing mixed games can prove more profitable given the current poker climate. Well, that's all for episode eight, Raz. Thank you for listening to Poker All the Games. Follow me on Twitter at P-O-K-R All the Games. Subscribe at pokerchannel.substack.com. And join us again in two weeks for episode nine, where we are going to discuss ace to five, low ball draw. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can. Mm -hmm.